spiritual gifts. We thank you for the tithers. Lord, I ask that you open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that they cannot contain so they can be a blessing to others. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Okay. We're gonna, I'm going to project the message up on the screen. But we're having, um, I'm doing the same, I'm preaching on the same message. It's on the, the message is called Cosmos, part two, love not the world. That's the world, that word world has to do with cosmos. It's not the way most people think about the world as, um, you know, we look at this, this world as, uh, Maybe we define it as more like the earth. But like I said last week, or two weeks ago, when we, when we had our first talk, it's uh, God created the heavens and the earth. He did not create the world. He created the heavens and the earth. And that word world came into existence in Genesis 3 when Adam fell. And even though there you see this, this two, this fork type of attack or dis, uh, or description in the Bible, when the when it's talking about the world, it can be talking about the earth, or it could be talking about a a system, uh, a harmonious system of evil works. Remember when we talked about that, and we talked about how. The biblical writers, the theme of the world, how the Bible's thought progresses over and over until it gets to the New Testament writers where we come to this full picture of the classical Greek, the Greek definitions, how the, how the biblical writers, especially the Apostle John and the Lord himself, Jesus, how they, those two used the world. So let's open our Bibles to John 12. It is our go-to scripture for this teaching. I'm going to be reading out of the NIV today, or just this scripture. And it says in John 12, verse 31, Now is the time for judgment on the world. And what he's talking about there is... Jesus is saying now, remember last uh, two weeks ago, I said the definition of now means now. So now is the judgment of the world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. Will be driven out. Now, we need to really think about the whole New Testament as a whole to gather what Jesus is really talking about. Because what he's talking about here is it's time to judge the kingdom of darkness now. Not the people of the earth, not the things that are in the earth, but the things, the, the system of evil Set up by the devil when Adam fell. What happened when Adam fell? He opened the door for the devil to come in and set up his own institution, his own organization, if you will. And 
that organization is to influence man away from God and evil, to evil, so that he can set up his own kingdom here. Remember we talked about in the beginning God created the earth. Then when Adam fell, it, transform, it, it, it starts to refer to in biblical thought the earth or the world. Okay, and then we see that in the New Testament. But when Jesus comes back, it's not going to be the earth, and it's not going to be the world. It's going to be the kingdom. It's the kingdom. So I want you to see the progressive thought of the, of the Holy Spirit's thoughts through each person that he influenced to write in the Old and New Testament. He says, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. And remember, we talked about how he says, when I am lifted up from the earth, meaning that he's referring back to the creation. And he's, he's saying, I'm the creator, and when I'm lifted up, I'm going to start the redemption process of bringing back or instituting my kingdom, okay? When I am lifted up, I will draw men to me. They will come out of a world system and start to enter in to the kingdom. That's why there's uh, you know, people write the book on, uh, from the New Testament. They write books on the kingdom of God. The kingdom is now, but the kingdom is also future. So, in 1 John 5.19, the Amplified Bible says this. We know for a fact that we are of God. And the whole world around us lies in the power of the evil one, opposing God and his precepts. Opposing God and his precepts. So let me read that again. We know for a fact that we are of God and the whole world around us lies, lies, or it lays in the foundation of the power of darkness, the power of evil. The evil one who opposes God and God's precepts. So when we talk about the world, you know, one of the, I'm, I'm really going to go kind of out there today, okay? And uh, one of the things that has always escaped me until I went through this process with Hannah is I did not understand why Christians would talk bad about medicine, and I really didn't have a clean understanding, a very clear and clean understanding of medicine, because the Bible says God is all and in all. Well, come on, I'm, you know, I'm at the end of Ephesians chapter 1, somewhere around the 23rd verse. God is all and in all. And when I ask God, what does that mean? He says, it means what it means. That was his response to me. In other words, just get it. I don't need to explain to you that there's nothing in the universe that God hasn't already thought about 
and made. You understand? Medicine comes from God. Maybe it's not created or made, I should say, made by God, but it comes out of God's thoughts. It was already there from the beginning. When God created everything, he created the heavens and the earth, meaning that he created everything that would ever fill it. Ever. That's how God thinks. That's why he says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's why he can write prophetically and give us, give us books of, you know, one-third of the Bible is prophecy or close to that. And so we have all these prophetic scriptures and they come to pass. Why? Because God had already thought about it. He had already made it. It's all, it was already done. So what did we learn two weeks ago? I'm glad you asked. The New Testament writers define the world as three main ways. They defined it in three main ways. Now, I'm going to flip this. There we go. To make it a little bit bigger for you. One is the material earth. When God talks about the world or the cosmos, the Greek in the cosmos, it talks about the material earth. Or the universe. The second one is the people of the earth. And the third is the things of the earth. And you're saying, Bruce, why are you talking about this? Well, it is very, very important that we understand that what Jesus, we are not, we are not of this world, but we live in it. We live in it. And what does that actually mean? What, what we're supposed to understand here is, let me just say, let's just go, let's see, the NFL is getting ready to kick off in about a week or so. I think next Sunday is NFL's game day, okay? Um, I've been a little out of the loop, but I, um, I do believe the NFL season starts. Okay, so let's use the NFL. The NFL... There's nothing really evil about the NFL. You know, you're not going to get demons watching a football game. It's not like going to uh, a witch or having your, you know, having your t uh, cards read or, you know, participating in some type of uh, evil ceremony or ritual. That's just not there. But what we need to understand is behind the NFL or any other institution, hospitals, whatever, there is a system, a harmonious system according to the classical Greek, a harmonious system of evil. Why? Because it will, the NFL will not last forever. It has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. So when I'm watching the NFL, what the, writers, what the writers are saying to me and to you and to everyone out there on Facebook, what, they are, what, a, what the biblical writers are saying, understand what you're participating, enjoy, enjoy it for an activity, but don't become a part of it. Don't further its institution. Don't allow it. 
you know, don't, don't, don't fall into the, the being caught up in all of that where, it's, where it takes Jesus' place. You see? When you see, I'm going to go political, when you see all these people that talk about lives matter, okay, or you talk about taking a knee, they're making a political statement, and what they are promoting, what they are promoting is the institution of evil that runs this, this world system. That's what they're promoting. What they should be promoting, they should say something like this. Jesus loves everyone. That's what that shirt should say. It should not say, this life matters over this life. It should say, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whoever would believe in him shall have eternal life. There should be things like that. That should be promoted. You see? What these guys, what, what's happening is, is people have lost all type, all connection to reality. And because of that, they have become lost in what the New Testament and what this world is turning about. Let's take COVID. COVID was made by humans. It was probably, I'm not saying it was, I said it was probably made in a lab. Okay. But behind COVID, there's an institution of evil. And it influenced. And it started. When Jesus says, in this world, we are going to suffer. What he's talking about is beware of the kingdom of darkness behind the pain and suffering of humanity. Remember the second definition? Humanity, human. I need to get back to my notes or we'll be here. So the classical Greek implies two things here. A harmonious order or arrangement. And second, the embellishment or the adornment. A decorative, if you will. And the reason I'm putting all these words to it, I want you to see that it's, it's a harmonious order, and it's, it's dressed up as you would dress up to go out to dinner. It's decorative. It is a lure. It is a lure to things. We know that from Luke 21 and 5. We know that from Revelation 21 and 2. So the classical Greek idea is an orderly arrangement or organization, a planned system. When Satan, Satan just did not tempt Adam and fall and then Adam and the humanity be surrendered to a new head, Satan. He came with a plan. He came with ideas on how he was going to set up his structure. It just wasn't, oh, Adam bit the apple and fell. It was a desire of evil to set up a system that would lead man away from the creator, Jesus Christ. 
We need to understand this. Because when my wife puts on makeup and she gets dressed up, she's very decorative. Not that she's not decorative outside of makeup and all that. Let me clarify that since I'm on live Facebook. But she is, her hair is done, you know, she takes time to, to, to uh, beautify herself. See, a lot of people in, in certain denominations have taken that and they have said, no, Peter, Peter in, uh, I believe it's the second book of Peter, uh, uh, says we're not supposed to, to dress up and adorn, wear long skirts, do all these different things. May, no makeup. You heard, the, you heard the gamut, right? That's not what he's talking about there. What he's talking about is women dressing up in such a way that they would promote themselves as sexual objects. It is, it's not wrong for a woman to look beautiful. Listen, when I don't shave and I don't wash my hair and uh, I, don't, I don't clip the, nose, the hair in my nose and stuff like that, my wife's saying, hey, you need to go fix that. You need to handle that. So she expects me to take care of my body. But it's, the, it's what am I doing it for? I need to understand that women dress up, men dress up, all the different things to look good. But we need to understand what could or what we're actually touching so it, that it, so it doesn't grab a hold of us. So there should not be one person in this room that has some type of complex about the way they look, the way everything is, because I'm here to tell you, Jesus loves you. Okay, I don't know why I said that, but I did. Okay. Through the Bible, the meaning of the world undergoes a development. And it is only in the New Testament through perhaps a lesser extent already in the Psalms and in some of the prophets that the world comes to have its full spiritual significance. So in other words, you see, you see in the prophetic writings, you see in the Psalms where it starts to lead you in a certain way. But it's the New Testament writers that actually explain the word cosmos, the world system. Be careful what they're saying. Don't, you can, you can part, you can, you can be a part of the world or you can, you can do things in the world like a family vacation is wonderful. But a family vacation that turns into falling out of the church, you have to realize what happened. The world system pulled on you. You see? We need, we need to know these things. I can do things in the world, like work, raise a family, take care of my family, do all these different things that we do as human beings, but I don't want that system to become a part of me. We need to be careful. So before the fall... The world existed only in the sense of the earth before the fall. 
the people of the earth. Remember there was people populated the earth? And the things in the earth. Adam and Eve were in the earth. They were people in the earth. And there was things in the earth. But evil had not touched it yet. And that's why God would actually come and walk in the garden. Because it was, it was his order. It was his system. His arrangement. That's why God walked with him in the garden. Who I really feel the, the, the spirit of the Lord on that. I'm just saying... When we participate in the world, there is a spirit behind what is luring us away. We need to understand and we need to take hold of it. We are called to manage it, the New Testament writer says. Jesus says, now the judgment of this world. Did you know that if mankind would actually turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, the devil and the angels and the demons would have to leave? They would be driven out. Why? Because man returned to the creator. It's going to happen. When Jesus comes back, the earth is going to go through a transformation. And that thousand year reign will be, will, the Lord himself will be back walking with humanity again. It's true. People will stream to Jerusalem to hear Jesus. And because of the effect that Jesus is going to have on the hearts and minds of men, it is going to usher in the fullness of the redemption of man. The fullness. So, There was no cosmos back then, as far as no world, in the sense of the um, in the sense of this orderly arrangement. So the world or Satan brought on the earth the order which he himself has conceived. So we talked about this since Adam opened the door for evil to enter God's creation, the earth. The world order has shown itself from that day forward. The world order has shown itself to be hostile to God. So, how about, the, how about America? I would never think of being alive in the United States and would ever think or hear about that a city or people would have Bible burnings. But it happened. It happened in the Northwest. This, hosti this hostility towards God, they think it's about this or that. But that hostility is driven by a supernatural force. And if people do not understand that, they are led astray to what could make change in the United States. If every person 
that felt insecure about their race, their weight, their height, their age, whatever, if they would all gather together and bow their knee and start to pray and start to do kingdom realities, there would be a major influence of God take over. Things would change. Things would change. So, this is why we need to be born again. You know, we just think, well, you must be born again. What, it, what is the purpose of being born again? Well, yes, it's eternal life, and yes, it is accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior, but it is going back to the beginning of the creation and saying, come out of the fall, come out of this cosmos, come out of this world and be a part of my kingdom now. That's what he's talking about. Not being born again is, oh, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. It's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is in this, Nicodemus, you are a teacher and you don't know? You're asking me, how can a man be born again? I'm older. How can I crawl back into my mother's womb and be born again? Jesus is scolding him because he's saying, hey, if you would have studied the law and the prophets, you would have seen my day you would have seen the biblical writers drawing you to the place where you would understand who I was because now if you accept me, I'm going to take you out of this harmonious system of evil and set you aside so that you are at peace with God. We call it justification. Born again. Born into a different, I'm born now, I'm, I'm not, I'm born into a kingdom. I'm taken out of a, a system that Jesus says is going, is now. Now the judgment, it's now. See, that's one of the reasons, here's a little sidebar. I, the more I write about exploring secrets of the heavenly realms, and the more I start to understand, it has led me to this place of a totally different look at the universe. A totally different look. That there's this, there's this thing that Jesus wants to do with the kingdom of darkness today. Because it's all about souls with Jesus. It's all about humanity. It's all about all that he loves. He crawled on the cross and died for us, to redeem us. But he also has the right now to drive out the ones that set up this evil system. Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. John 18, 36. He has overcome, Jesus has overcome the world. John 16, 33. The victory that hath overcome the world is our faith in Jesus. 1 John 5 and 4. When you became born again, you were taken out of 
But do you understand what Paul is writing now? This is free information. It's not in my notes. You were transferred out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. You know the verse I'm, I'm talking, I believe it's Colossians 1.13. We were transferred out of this world system backed, backed by evil that is decorated in such a way that it pulls on the desires of humanity to enter into that evil system. I want it. I feel it. You know, I did a deliverance on a lady that uh, the second heaven came down and the lady says, uh, I feel in my mind, I feel in my mind that it's telling me love of the world. Well, instantly when, it's, when, he's, when, he's, when she told me that, I instantly knew in my heart from the Holy Spirit that this is going to be a fallen angel deliverance and his name or his function is going to be the love of the world. I had no idea until I got into this, how, what is really behind all that? I'm going to leave it there because I don't want to sound too crazy. All right. Our main scripture, Jesus says, the world is under judgment. The system of evil and their workings. Their workings. I want you to understand that those people out there are not under judgment. They're not. Even though they're doing sinful acts, they will be judged. And they will receive what they have sown. They will reap what they have sown. However, if they turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, he will take them out of that world system. And he'll deliver them from that world system. I want us to know that it is the system behind the minds of men. That's what Paul is talking about. Talking about the mind. When he's talking about the mind, he's talking about there's an influence, this, this system of lustful desires that pull on humanity. And I want to close with this. Because I basically only got to the summing up. When we are doing the things of this world, we must understand that we are touching a harmonious system. I talked about that. We're touching it. We're not being a part of it. We're touching it. Like I said, when you're watching the NFL, you are touching it. You don't have to become a part of it. It won't. It should not take over your Sunday morning worship. It should not do away. It should not take over your Bible study. Your private time with the Lord. Just like I had a hard time with the hospital. And let me close with this thought. Getting back to where I just didn't finish my thought on the hospital. When, I, when Lee and I started to spiritually seek what was happening to our daughter, we ran into a system of evil. And what had happened? The hospital itself is good. You know, Paul traveled with Luke, a doctor. Medicine is good, is my point. However, when medicine leads, leaves, the lordship of Jesus Christ, 
it is now used for evil. Even though it's doing good. Oh, I have a lot of let me let me go let me explain that a little bit. See, I I checked into the hospital not going down there to worship the doctors and the medicine and all the things. I went down there for help because the prayer of faith was not healing my doctor my daughter. So as any wise person says, one of the definitions of healing is called medicine. So I took my daughter, I, I took my daughter according to the Greek down to the hospital and checked her into the hospital. But what I found down there is this. A lot of alternative uses other than Jesus. How, what about meditation? What about acupuncture? What about uh, psychology? All these different things that are being offered in hospitals that have nothing to do with the preaching of the gospel. Here's my point. If medicine would partner with the spirit of God, how many people would not die in there? I was ushered in within one week of Hannah being in, the emer being on, in ICU. Lee and I were taken to a room because little did we know they were saying she might not make it tonight. So we want you here at the hospital in case she doesn't pull through. And I go to sleep in the room. My wife is still sleeping on that little sofa. And I go to sleep in the room and I'm visited by the spirit of death in my dreams, in such a way that I, ha I was awoken three times by the spirit of death, and I had to get up and rebuke death and pray and confess that Hannah will live and not die, that the blood of Jesus, my prayer, the prayer of a righteous man, prevaileth much in God's kingdom, that by his stripes, by Jesus' stripes, Hannah is healed. I was given a scripture verse, Psalms 41, 3, and I, the whole journey I have quoted that scripture, meaning that David would say, the Lord will sustain you on the sickbed and he will raise you up. And because it was entered my heart, that one scripture into my heart, I pray it almost every day. Meaning that medicine itself is not bad. God is all and in all. It is when medicine, the NFL, the NBA, families, humanity, when they leave Jesus, when they leave God, then they have, they have walked away from the creator and they have stepped into a system of evil. Now, if that hospital would have come to me, there's a lot of believers at that hospital. But it is in the management staff, and it is the it is in the decision makers' minds that they don't not, they do not understand that if they would they would get away from Islam in the chapel where you have all these different religions in the chapel. You walk in there and there's these different books. And the Lord says, go down to the chapel and pray. I'm thinking, I'm walking right into the devil's den. No, I'm not. I've, 
I followed the voice of the Lord. And all that other stuff had to go aside because I wasn't worried about that. I was worried about what Jesus wanted me to pray for Hannah that time. But my point is, to be, America has become so indoctrinated with, with a mindset that there is no right and wrong. Let's just all try and get along and let everybody do what they want to do. And it's not like that. This world was set up on laws that are moral and immoral. If, and I'll prove it to you. How about if you were to cheat on your spouse? Would you feel good about it? How about if you would lie to your best friend and then get caught in it? Would you feel, would you feel condemnation? Would you feel guilt? Yes, you would. These are moral and immoral laws that all has to do with this system, this cosmos, this world order. So my point, and there's nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with medicine. It's when medicine leaves Jesus you should never tell somebody they don't have enough faith to be healed. The Holy Spirit told me one time, he says, if they believe in me, they're a candidate for healing. Why? Because they believe that Jesus is their healer. What we have to understand is how is God going to do it? I would have loved to take taken the easy way out. Anoint with oil, lay the hands, prayer of faith, gone. Or how about this? Anoint with oil, commanded to come up and out. Gone. They didn't go down that way with my daughter. That's why I post on my, you know, we, unless there's great trials, there's no great victory. The greater the trial, the greater the victory. The greater the faith that it takes to make it. Well, come on, guys. Why don't we stand?